Tom Corbett, along with Sterling Pingree. Welcome back, everybody, to the new sports order. After a just crazy weekend, and you can go back and listen to last week's episode. I don't think either of us were touting, wait till next week when the Steelers and Packers are looking to get into the postseason. Didn't see that coming. But I feel like only fitting, I mean, Monday night was absolutely horrendous and nothing you ever want to see thoughts to DeMar Hamlin and, you know, signs are that he's improved today. So so that's good from his cardiac arrest. So thoughts there. Yeah, a, a, a wild weekend and... and... You know, I mean, what, what do you say about about Monday night that hasn't already been been said? You know, you just hope for his recovery. And and I mean, when you think about the the playoffs and you think about the AFC, you know, I mean, in, in terms of gameplay, I mean, what I mean that that was a big game. Like, what it doesn't get played now? Uh, I, like, I don't I don't see that that game ever finishes. And yeah, and I I'm think not... that's something that. Not sure what the you know, solution. Not saying necessarily it should, but I, I just it, it becomes like a baseball scenario where there's like a half game, uh, right? And, and thinking about it from the standpoint of you know what the Bills are playing for, I mean, I mean, so, and the Bengals, sure. But you think about it from Buffalo's perspective. I mean, they they're the one seed, but technically they're a half game behind Kansas City. So if the Chiefs, who now had been flexed to Saturday, so if the Kansas City Chiefs win on Saturday, do the Bills have anything to play for on Sunday when they play the Patriots? You know, they can't get the one; they're kind of locked in at two. Right, and the Bengals, if they had beat the Bills, would have been one game behind the Chiefs with the win over the Chiefs. You know, so it, it it puts a lot of things in play like that. Um, you know, and and Buffalo you know, probably not thinking, of, uh, obviously not thinking about you know the kind of those ramifications now. Um, but it it certainly changes things. I mean, you look you look at what the Patriots are doing, and they're in the seven seed right now, needing to beat the Buffalo Bills, and you were seeing that is that you essentially needed the Bengals to beat the bills. So that way, you know, perhaps the bills don't have a lot to play for. Cause right now head to head, I mean, the Patriots, I don't give the greatest chance of beating the Buffalo bills. I mean, there's been no evidence of that besides the windstorm of, of 2021 uh, to say that the Patriots could go into, you know, Ralph Wilson orchard, you know, busted table park and beat the bills at full strength. Now the double-edged sword is this. So let's just say Buffalo rest starters or say the Patriots win and they get the seven seed hooker by crook. You know, the Jets beat the Dolphins, the Steelers lose to the Browns, all of that, which the Steelers, as you mentioned, really are the, the, (laughs) I was going to say wild card, but that's exactly what they are. But uh, the, the biggest wild card of the, the fly in the ointment, if you will, is the Pittsburgh Steelers who kind of have come out of nowhere and have launched themselves into this playoff discussion. Because I was looking at it going, you know what? The Patriots are going to get in the playoffs because the, the Dolphins are going to lose to the Jets. They've lost five in a row. They're going to lose again to, to the Jets. That's how the Patriots are going to back into the postseason 
with an eight and nine record. And now the Steelers are going to have to keep them honest. And I think they are. They're playing the Browns. The Browns are good God. What the heck do you make of this team? And, and you know, can he pick it? I watched the end of that game, and man, Kenny Pickett's starting to look like a little bit of a player. He throws the ball well. He he throws the ball well on the run. A lot of velocity on his passes. Uh, yeah, there's there could be something there. There could be something there. Like he gives you those moments. You saw it at the end of that game. That despite whatever, taking sacks, interceptions, whatever it may be throughout the year, and struggles that come with playing as a rookie. Like, those little moments are things that Zach Wilson never gave the Jets. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And you have to show flashes. And, and to to make it all about me, as as it always is, you know, Mac Jones has thrown some balls where you go, oh, okay, like, that's a, that's a pretty nice pass. He had a couple uh, against the Dolphins this past weekend. We're like, okay, he just dropped that in the bucket. That's that's a pro quarterback throw. You, you at least have these little things you can latch on to. Zach Wilson's given nothing, and not to just pile on him, but poor attitude, and there really has been no moment or game where you go, oh, wow, look at that. It, it, see what you want about arm talent. People are still trying to bank on that. I heard some the other day saying, if the Raiders offered the Jets Derek Carr for Zach Wilson, who says no? I feel like the Raiders. I would say no, I think, in that case. If you offer me Zach Wilson for, for Derek Carr. Wouldn't you rather, I'll, like, I'd, trade him for draft a picks. third round pick or something yeah and, and the the person i was listening to and i forget who it was was like oh no zach wilson as young as he is with the arm talent i was like hey, I, I get the age thing that you know he's so young enough that maybe he develops into something but you can't tell me that this arm talent that he's displayed it's not like he's a misunderstood justin herbert and you go ah, oh, well you see the way he throws the ball that that's not happening so the, the Zach Wilson, I don't know how we always end up on, <laughs> we end up on Josh Rosen and Zach Wilson on like every other week. I feel like when I read the statement from Robert Sala today about how the, the Jets aren't giving up on him by any means necessary, they're going to do everything they can for him to be the guy. I feel like he had to look like when you watch uh, court shows like suits or something, and they're trying to coerce their client into giving a less than completely honest statement, and they're worried about perjury? Well, what what it is is the GM say, you know, Joe Douglas going to Robert Sullen going, look, if we're going to try to trade this guy, we need people to think that we actually like him, or a team's going to offer us a seven or tell us to pound sand. No one's going to give us anything worth a damn if we're going... This guy's done. He's never going to play another down for the New York Jets. You know, someone's going to come in. You know, the, the Carolina Panthers are circling going, all right, I mean, we'll give you a seven. What? I mean, what do you want to do? But so if look at that, though. Try, try, try to act like, oh, maybe he's going to be in the contest next year. But I think it's too late for that. But when you actually stop and look at it and look at the last few games, Sam Darnold hasn't looked horrible. Would you rather have Sam Darnold at whatever he's making now or Zach Wilson? Or Jarrett Stidham. Actually, that, and that might have been the next one after Derek Carr was, would you trade Zach Wilson for Jarrett Stidham? And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, this is, without the rush to hyperbole, which it probably is, 
this is the weirdest quarterback year I've ever ever seen. Uh, the no, one, just the sheer number of backups, which we've had years where there's been a rash of injuries, and it seems like a lot of backup quarterbacks are are making their play, but just run down the list, the number of second stringers, third stringers, established starters that have been benched, established starters that previously, you know, Super Bowl winners, superstars, MVPs that have been benched, uh, teams that have gone from starting backups to now starting a third stringer, giving them a chance. Ta- I mean, taking a look at Jarrett Stidham, I mean, Sam Howell's going to start for Washington this week. I get it's week 18 and some of these teams are out, but is there a new edict that you have to start a third string quarterback at some point in the season or you automatically lose draft picks or something? It, it's it's so bizarre to me on a week-to-week basis, some of the uh, decisions that have been made with the most important position in the sport and, and all at once. And all of a sudden, it's been interesting, but my goodness, some of the decisions that have been made this year have just been kind of head scratchers, but I'm not going to lie. It's made some of these teams kind of fun to watch. We'll run down this as we uh, we'll talk a little bit. I'm sure about the Patriots and, and the Cowboys. The eight quarterbacks, and I wrote about this this week. Kind of a self-deprecating move for the Patriots. These are the eight quarterbacks that the Patriots have beaten to go to eight and eight. They start with the Steelers. They beat Mitch Trubisky. They beat the Detroit Lions. Jared Goff. I mean, that's that's a legitimate quarterback. Though Jared Goff on the road, not great, but still it counts. Jacoby Brissett in Cleveland. They beat Zach Wilson twice. They beat Sam Ellinger in his, I believe, first start. He'd come in the week before. Then this week, they beat uh, the Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Skylar Thompson combo. Oh, and they also beat Colt McCoy because Kyler Murray got hurt on like the second play from scrimmage. There's your eight wins. You know, you got to. It's not great. <laughs> like in golf, you got to play the course. Well, however it's set up, you just play the course. Well, and certain things can break correctly. I mean, you know, they they lose to the Chicago Bears, one of their, what, three wins this year. And it's right before they trade all those defensive pieces. You know, they still had Roquan Smith, who had an interception in that game. And they trade Robert Quinn two weeks later. And, you know, they they have the fire sale the week after. If we play the Bears of November, then it's probably a lot better. But we also played the Pittsburgh Steelers of Mitch Trubisky in week two and not Kenny Pickett. So maybe that's a different outcome too. Yeah. Though though they played Lamar Jackson and not Tyler Huntley with Baltimore. So, I mean, it really is. But a lot of it it, too, I think is just coaches grasping at straws or unable to make decisions. You know, I'll hit one of my losers now. We'll just kind of we'll freelance here between sure. what we're doing, and my loser for the week was Ron Rivera, and you know Washington had lost a couple games but was still in the wild card, and they got there with Tyler Heineke, and yes, he didn't have gaudy numbers, but the guys were rallied around him. They were finding ways to win. Then out of nowhere. They say, we're going to Carson Wentz this week, who was, whatever, one in three before he got hurt. He comes in, has a rushing touchdown, but other than that, hot garbage. They lose. Inexplicably, Ron Rivera at the press conference appeared to not know 
that losing knocked them out of playoff contention. Didn't know that. They go to Carson Wentz for this game for whatever reason, and then after that, okay, we're going to make another change for the last week. Initially, it was, we're going to put Heineke back in, and now they're going to the rookie that you mentioned earlier. And that just has to spell doom, right, for Ron Rivera with the commanders? You mean you think he's exiting stage left? I do. I mean, there's nothing wrong with being like a really good steady-the-ship coach, which Ron Rivera is. But a lot of times, that's about what it is. You're not getting above that. And, yes, he had one good run with the Carolina Panthers that went to the Super Bowl, which they got their butts whooped in said Super Bowl as the heavy favorites, I believe. You know, it's the same with a Lovey Smith. I find very similar. He's a great right-the-ship guy, but he's not going to put you over the top. And when it gets to the point where you're completely indecisive and can't pick the right quarterback to play in a must-win game that you don't even apparently know is a must-win game, I think it's time for to move on. I'm going to disagree with that. I think Ron Rivera is on the hot seat. I, I don't think he is because I'm not entirely sure where the, the quarterback – put it this way. The whole league that we just talked about is that you have established quarterbacks. I mean, Derek Carr gets benched. Matt Ryan gets benched. Russell Wilson probably should have been benched. Yet Washington goes back to the guy that they traded for and are paying more money rather than the cheaper option in Taylor Heineke. That's a business decision. Who makes the business decisions? That's why, to me, it didn't feel like a coaching decision. It didn't feel like something that Ron Rivera said, you know, look, uh, what was the, the exact quote of, well, you know, I mean, he's we, we had him in because he wasn't throwing as many interceptions as, as Carson Wentz, but now he is, so we might as well play Carson Wentz. I mean, it feels like something that the GM or Dan Snyder or, or somebody handed down. Does that mean they won't fire him? Absolutely not, because everyone needs an excuse. I mean, no one wants to be the one holding the bag. And if you think starting Carson Wentz is a good idea, then uh, you're you're certainly to blame. Good point made this week. Uh, listening to Pardon My Take, they were talking about Carson Wentz. And like, can you imagine going from 2017 if we were to say in 2013 Carson Wentz is out of the league? He might be. Where where does you where do you go now if you're Carson Wentz? You've already done the Indianapolis thing. I think now he's he's Andy Dalton now. You Can hop on Andy somewhere Dalton? as a backup and hope you get a chance. I mean, it, it feels like people don't love his attitude. They don't, you know. He, he's he's kind of cast bad precedent the way he left Philadelphia and, and, you know, kind of his attitude after he was injured, they win the Super Bowl without him. And, uh, yeah, it was rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And now he's had multiple stops with no success. And it's just one that I, I have a hard time imagining a team bringing him in going, you know what? He's going to be like, he's, he can't be Colt McCoy. There's something there blocking him from becoming a guy who, you know what, I'm going to be a backup. I'm going to help young quarterbacks develop. Like, I, I just don't get that from Carson Wentz. Uh, 
Like, I think there's a chance we look at a year and a half from now and it's like, oh, he announced his retirement. It's like, was there any offers? Yeah, not really. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely possible. But as always, a lot of questions now for Washington. After Remember, they won, what, six out of seven with Heineke. Six out of eight, they had the tie, if you take that game. Lost two in a row, and they pulled the pulled the plug and went to Wentz. I don't know. Well, I guess it is. It comes down like you said. If it was a Rivera question or a management question, well, because and I think something you touched on, Tom, is is a great point. You're cruising along with Taylor Heineke, and yeah, he was getting erratic, but you know, it's like pulling a starting pitcher who's at 65 pitches throwing a shutout but he gives up back-to-back singles and you you know instead of just getting someone warming in the bullpen you just pull the pitcher and bring in someone cold that that feels like you're you know cutting off the nose to spite your face um yeah it, a, a highly questionable move but you know you think about it, the other reason i, I don't think rivera is necessarily on the hot seat in washington is that i mean what were the expectations of this team you know the fact that they were competing for a playoff spot now to the rest of the division, yeah. I mean, right now, you're the only one in your division that's not going to the postseason, but nobody thought you were going to the postseason. No one thought the Giants were going to the postseason either. It's been a year of you know kind of overachievers in the NFC. So I think you have to kind of measure those expectations of, I mean, I didn't think Washington was going to be where they are. I didn't think that they were going to be in the, the hunt for the postseason. I mean, early in the season, I was rooting, not rooting against. I was picking against Washington on a regular basis. I couldn't believe how they were doing it. A couple of decent receivers. Chase Young missed almost the whole year. You know, the defense wasn't supposed to be that good. Wentz was supposed to be the one that was supposed to kind of rally that offense together. He wasn't doing it. Brian Robinson you know, has the unfortunate incident where he gets shot during the preseason, comes back way earlier than we think. You know, uh, Antonio Gibson's a little bit better at running back. I mean, Terry McLaurin's all world at receiver, but I mean, the fact that they got to where they got to this year, I think is, is, you know, kind of a feather in the cap, but the undoing, as you mentioned, is, is the ill-timed quarterback swap, which I think that's one they'd certainly like to have back. We'll see what, you know, everything shapes up to looking at, you know, the NFC somehow, some way and, you know, now those last couple losses for Dallas that probably coulda, woulda, shouldn't have been losses. Really glaring as they sit one game behind the Eagles with the tiebreaker, I believe, at the moment. So it's Giants-Eagles this week. And I think the Giants want to kind of keep up there with the spot they're in. Or maybe not. Maybe they would rather kind of slip down towards. I'm trying to do the math in my head. Because I'm assuming everyone of the wild cards, best case scenario, wants the Minnesota Vikings. Who are you would 12 think and 4 I, I mean, with minus 19 differential. Minus 19. The Lions, who are 8 and 8, are at plus 22. The Jacksonville Jaguars that are eight and eight are plus fifty. Okay, so you you just flawlessly uh, fed into my loser for the week is the Minnesota Vikings. 
They're 12 and four minus 19 point differentials. The worst for a 12 win team in NFL history. I mean, usually, like you said, 12 win team. I mean, they're going to have a, a positive point differential probably somewhere in the 40s, 50s. You know, if you don't, it's almost staggering. The fact that it's a negative number, but that just goes to show. I mean, their losses have been huge losses. I mean, you talk about statement wins. They've had statement losses this year. Early in the season, they get absolutely pasted by the Philadelphia Eagles. They get owned by Dallas. Green Bay takes it out on them. But they've also had, you know, they've had the weird wins. They've had the dramatic wins. Uh, But think of it this way. You know, yeah, you beat Buffalo in Buffalo. Great game. It's a great win. The comeback, the biggest comeback in NFL history, 33 points against the Indianapolis Colts. But think of it this way. They were down 33 points to the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah. They, who's gone what who, who, during a streak where they've gone one in six? You got down by 33 points. I think I texted you at halftime when the Cowboys were you know, tied or down by three points to the Houston Texans. I go, this is a loss. I don't care what the game ends up. This is a loss for your football team. The Minnesota Vikings being down 33 nothing at any point in American history in the 2022 season to the Indianapolis Colts is a loss. I don't care what the scoreboard said at the end. And I think we're starting to see that. No one's really believed in the Vikings all season. But these losses late in the year, I think it shows sort of the trend of where the team is going. That week one, they take the Packers to the woodshed, albeit at home. But then they go to Lambeau in January, and it's the same old song and dance. Yeah. Let's see. All the other teams with 12 wins, Dallas plus 145. San Francisco plus 148, Philly plus 127, Buffalo plus 157, and Kansas City plus 109. Minnesota minus 19. It's that it's like that guy in your fantasy league who you know is, is has won 3 games but it's because he's faced the highest scoring team in the league every single week. Like he's third in most points scored, but he's faced the most points. So he's only won three games. You're like, wait, but he's terrible. Then you look at his roster. You go, Oh my God. Like this guy has, or the opposite is always true in fantasy. There's some guy who's like undefeated yet has faced the fewest amount of points and every team scores 70 against him. Yeah. Everyone had their most bye weeks against him. Yeah, just everything works out. Oh, quarterback was on a bye. Oh, quarterback got injured. Star wide receiver, you know, was a late scratch. Just everything breaks right for that team. So right now, I would think, and it's very bizarre to say, but the totality of the team in the NFC, you probably feel the best right now with Brock Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers. Well, it, it, okay, so it gets interesting with that last spot. Right now, I mean, Seattle's at 8-8 eight and eight is the, the seventh playoff t- seed. But you have Detroit and Green Bay right behind them. Yeah, Green Bay is what? Winning their in. Detroit, if they win, they need Seattle to lose. Correct, because they're behind them right now. Yeah, Green Bay. Well, I mean, Green Bay, I mean, right now is 8-8, eight and eight, and they're right now you know, tied for, for the eighth spot. So they would have to need Seattle to lose two. No, of they have the tiebreaker over Seattle. So it's Green Bay winning you're in. Seattle needs Green Bay to lose. Detroit needs Seattle to lose and them to win. Okay. I mean, this is just breaking. Like, Green Bay's getting in, right? 
Like, it's just the way this goes. We've seen the story a million times. The character's a little bit different. But, I mean, this is where Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, rips out the Lions' hearts again. They end up as the seventh seed, and we end up with 49ers, Packers in the playoffs like we seemingly do every season. Uh, And I'm not against it. I'm, I'm certainly not against it, but Packers, Niners, in Levi Stadium in San Francisco, in the wild card round, I don't hate it. Yeah. So what else would that give us? So let's say the Packers are the seven. They go to San Francisco. Then we get a rematch of last week's classic with the Giants and Vikings. That's not bad. And yeah. then you get uh, Dallas and Tampa. How do you feel about that, Tommy boy? I feel all right. I mean, everyone always, until really proven otherwise, and we saw it kind of with Peyton Manning, until literally the arm fell off, everyone was like, yeah. You don't want to play against Peyton in the playoffs, and you don't want to play against Brady in the playoffs. And, you know, Mike Evans had his first real big game of the year. They went deep to him three times, three touches. If you're asking me who I'd, I'd rather play, the Vikings, if that's what you're asking. Would you really rather, you'd rather play the Vikings and the Buccaneers? I think so. I just I don't know. I, 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 it's the quarterback position. And while I said last week that I don't think Tom Brady is still, you know, lighting the world on fire, Tom Brady, but he's still going to be the smartest one in the room. And you know he's going to have zero doubt and arguably the biggest balls in the room. Well, And And Kirk Cousins is not that. Well, and the point that you make, too, thinking about the blowout losses that the Vikings have had this year, I mean – Dallas matched up with them. I mean, and, and Styles make fights, and if that's the case, then yeah, I mean, Dallas matched up really well and, and beat the hell out of the Vikings when they played them during the regular season. I mean, a seemingly completely different Tampa Bay team than started the season with a win in Dallas where Dak looked terrible. I mean, the defense has never looked the same for Tampa Bay. Uh, the Cowboys have evolved some. So, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're probably right in that way that the Vikings may be a better matchup for them, but I mean, this is as much as people want to say it, it, it feels like a, a Tampa Bay team. That's really never gotten off the schneid. Now they did it in the second half against Carolina uh, NFL network is airing that game uh, right now, but um, it's just an offense that we've seen uh, against teams. I mean, you can't forget what they did two weeks ago against the Arizona Cardinals. They couldn't move the ball at all, but uh, and ended up going to overtime with Trace McSorley. But, I could also, because I, we mentioned, I don't think the Giants, they don't want to lose. They like where they are. They're in the Vikings slot. Sure. Still don't know who's playing quarterback for Philadelphia this week. If the Eagles lose, Cowboys beat the Commanders and Mini Gardner Minshew. Look at, if you look at his picture, the rookie for Washington kind of looks a little Gardner Minshew-ish, Howell. He's got a little Minshew magic. He's got a little trash stash, some long hair. Dallas could jump in there. San Francisco, I think, would move up and take that one spot. Dallas would end up being two playing Green Bay. So... Your, if your three options are 
Tom Brady and the Bucks. Uh, what would be or Aaron Rodgers and the Packers? I think I would rather play Tom Brady and the Bucks than Aaron Rodgers and the Packers because that defense yeah, think- for Green Bay is starting to look like what everyone well. thought it was going to at the beginning of the year. Well, and you got the, the the young wide receivers to go with Lazard, you know, Dobbs and uh, Watson have been outstanding for, for Green Bay, and they're finally kind of coming around to, to that. Yeah, I mean, the, the team that's getting hot at the right time is is the Green Bay Packers. It just feels, I mean, we, we've seen the movie. They're, they're going to sneak in there. What happens at the top? It's hard to say. It's going to be fun to follow this weekend and, and see what happens there, uh, even though it seems. I was kind of hoping for something for the NFC on Saturday. I, lo- I love the Saturday slate this time of year. It really highlights it. Um, you know, they went big ticket, and they put Pat Mahomes versus the Raiders in the 430 spot. It's going to be a lot of fun. That Saturday night game, essentially what, what we should call the AFC South Championship game because the winner goes to the playoffs, loser goes home. You lose a little bit of luster, the fact that it's going to be Josh Dobbs starting for the Tennessee Titans against the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. But, hey, this could be a moment for the Jaguars. This could be, I don't know what, the, the probably the third, if they won this, the third greatest win in franchise history. Yeah. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd put it behind the uh, playoff win against Pittsburgh uh, in 2017. And the, the, the greatest of all time. There's was the Mark Brunell against the Denver Broncos in 96, yeah. which coincidentally both times uh, they end up playing the Patriots in the AFC title game and losing both times. Just saying. I love me some Mark Brunell. And during the whole deflate gate thing, he lost me. He was fine. He lost me during the deflate gate thing when he was crying on TV. But don't rule it out. Things break right. It could be Cowboys Lions playoffs which as you mentioned who is the quarterbacks coach of the detroit lions mark brunell yep there you go so it's time is a flat circle tom unlike the earth well that's true depends on who you listen to give us a winner uh who did i pick for my winner did I say Green Bay? I think. <laughs> I remember who I, I messaged? I believe I told you. Uh, uh, Green Bay got it going. Green Bay is your winner. They've got it going, like you mentioned at the right time. Mao, if I hadn't have just stumbled right there, I would have worked that out perfectly. Had I remembered that I picked them their winner through that last. If you, speech. If, you if you knew literally, in the most literal sense, if you knew what you were doing. If I knew, if I had a clue what I well. was doing, God, that would have segued perfectly and it would already be done, my winner. You but, didn't realize how good you were in that moment. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers isn't putting up quote-unquote Aaron Rodgers numbers. and He's winning some of these games 175 yards passing, maybe one touchdown. But they got it going. They're winning. I said the defense absolutely embarrassed Minnesota. I almost texted you like five minutes into that game this weekend. Like, oh, classic Kirk Cousins game. But they absolutely bullied him. And Justin Jefferson did nothing. Adam Thielen has really... He's lost that love in Thielen. Yeah. 
He's got, I think, 700 yards on the season, only 68 catches, which I'm not trying to keep talking about Minnesota, even though the uh, the 6-10 and 10 Raiders have only a minus 6 differential. <laughs> you're just trying to you're just trying to manifest a, a scenario in a world where your Cowboys play the Vikings in like a meaningful game. You know like you know like Well, the problem is I don't think they can. There's no way cuz they're they, I mean, there's a they not can't, in the first round, but I'm saying like right. a meaningful like, you know, what, what you're hoping is that they fake it long enough that you end up in a scenario right. where we you're jump, the NFC championship game playing the Vikings. Right. We jump the Eagles, get the 2 seed. Minnesota's already locked into the three because Tampa Bay was so bad. Minnesota sure. somehow gets through the wild card round with Dallas. Then Dallas plays Minnesota in round two. I mean, I've been there as a Patriot fan. There was every year I would look at the way it was breaking and go, God, what, what if we could just play like the Texans for the AFC championship? Wouldn't that be great? And I mean, it worked out like once that we played them in the divisional round, but you always look at those teams and go, what if they knocked out Kansas city? Plus, I'm always a something miraculous. I'm always a big proponent of the. I don't want to call anybody out because then it makes you feel like even more of an a hole if you lose to them after. Oh, for sure. No, yeah, you got to be damn confident, and uh, and I am not damn confident with the way the Cowboys are. are well, playing. and and you can't. I think just in the NFC in general. I mean, I look at the entire slate, and it's. You know, I always say, well, oh, geez, I think the 49ers might be the best team. And I'm like, wait, am I about to go all in on a third string quarterback? You know, Mr. And Irrelevant. And a defense that just gave up 35 to the Las Vegas Raiders who started Jarrett Stidham. Like, what What are we doing, NFC? You know, like the, and that's why every year there's a team, uh, and I was reminded of it this week talking to a friend of mine who's a Giants fan. Yeah, the last time the the Giants made the playoffs, remember the Odell Beckham team was at twenty boat party, and they have the boat party. But remember that week, people were saying the Giants are going to go into Lambeau and they can win. This team reminds us of the '07 Giants. You know, this team could go to the Super Bowl. There's legitimate Super Bowl hype around that 2016 Giants team, and they got absolutely handled by the Packers, and they didn't go to the postseason again after, and everyone got fired multiple times. You know, people talking about the Green Bay Packers right now in a similar fashion going, if they get in, they might go to the Super Bowl. And honestly, with the NFC the way it is, I believe it because I think the whole thing could cannibalize itself. Any of those teams at the top, any of them could lose. Any of them. The only team that can't lose in the first round is whoever ends up with the number one seed because they don't have to play. Yeah, if you told me three weeks from now, Tom Brady was... In the NFC Championship, trying to get back to the Super Bowl against Brock Purdy and the Niners. <laughs> I believe that. Or, you know, Jalen Hurts against Tom Brady or Dak Prescott against Aaron Rodgers. How, how about this? Jared this, Goff think, against Brock Purdy. I think this is the most improbable. If you were to say the NFC Championship game, is Jared Goff versus Daniel Jones. Lions. <laughs> imagine, imagine it's Tom Brady and Daniel Jones. It's it's Giants and Buccaneers. And then somehow the Giants beat Tom Brady the Giants again. Giants beat him. Yeah, they beat him again. That, that would, 
you know, storyline wise, that would be kind of a fun, you know, if Tom Brady played the Giants, I, I can say this now that he's in Tampa Bay. It was never fun before, but if, if Tom Brady played the Giants in the playoffs, that's like his, like one of the few demons he has not exercised is the Giants in the postseason. Though I also feel like that would just be like the ultimate exclamation point on this messed up Tampa Bay season. Tom Brady loses the just, Giants just, in the playoffs. Well, no, you think about this, and, and it was a great point listening to Brady's podcast he does with, with Jim Gray. You know, Jim Gray pointed out in this year where so many quarterbacks have gone down, Tom Brady at 45 has played every game. Like, what world do we live in that the 45-year-old quarterback can make every start? You know, and, and I mean, Aaron Rodgers has I mean, yeah. been nicked up, but he's he's made every start. He got pulled from one game. But you know, those are your most like durable quarterbacks outside of, you know, Mahomes, Josh Allen, everyone else seems like has been hurt for at least a couple weeks at some point this year. Yeah. Now let's flip it over to the AFC and we'll put a, a pause on the top and whatever's going to be worked out regarding the Buffalo Cincinnati game. That meant a lot, but does it or doesn't it and how they're going to do the tiebreaker. People smarter than me. Don't know what that's going to happen, so I'm not going to pretend like I do. But down towards the bottom, Patriots win. Dolphins lose again as they continue to free fall. And just as Dolphins as Dolphins could be right now. And out of nowhere, once again, just riding the wave the Pittsburgh Steelers. And we mentioned it. They've won, whatever, three in a row. But really, they were, what, one and six before going on this run. So they won seven and two. Kenny Pickett making some plays. My friend Kate, she's a diehard Steelers fan. She's never been to an NFL game before. Just got her ticket. For this weekend. It's going to take a quick oh, nice. flight down to Pittsburgh to watch the Steelers play. And it's it's fun, man. It is fun to see just the chaos and how everything from the beginning of the season just got absolutely flipped on its head. You had, what, Tennessee was... What, seven and three, I think? Yeah, seven and three. They've lost six in a row. The Jets were seven and four and have now lost five in a row. The Dolphins were eight and three and have lost five in a row. Meanwhile, Jacksonville won four in a row. Patriots, they're right there. They're on a one-game streak, but right at 500. So you have Jacksonville, 8-8. Eight and eight. You have New England, 8-8. Eight and eight. Miami, 8-8. Eight and eight. Pittsburgh, 8-8. Eight and eight. The only other team in contention technically is Tennessee because they could still get the tiebreaker if they beat Jacksonville this week. That's winner... Winner stays, loser walks. So you're looking at New England, Miami, and Pittsburgh. 
one think of it you you mentioned you know, kind of where teams are and i think that was a, an interesting look there was a time this year when the miami dolphins were the one seed in the afc full stop not the afc east the entire afc the dolphins were number one the bills were the top wild card the patriots were the six and the jets were the seven because both the patriots and jets were six and four the dolphins right now, the dolphins are missing the playoffs more than likely it, 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 while well, I mean, you look at it, you can almost hardly blame him. Skylar Thompson is going to probably start this week. I don't see, I don't see Tua playing, and Bridgewater can't grip a football, which is a really bad sign for a quarterback. So you're looking at Skylar Thompson needing to win a, a must win at home against the Jets, which I mean, could still do. They're going against, yeah. you know, going against Mike White. I, I, I don't know. It, it just, the way the Dolphins are going, I mean, five straight losses. They were the number one seed in the entire AFC. And they're going to lose six straight to finish the season. A little bit of injury, you know, bad luck. But also, I mean, you look at the way Tua played the, you know, against the Packers, and he could have been concussed. And I don't know, that, that whole situation's bad. It's just really bad. You know, when you look at what's happened to Tua this year. And it's too bad. This was supposed to be the year we, we learned about Tua. Is he the guy? Is he a starter? Looked like he was. He he was an MVP candidate when they were eight and three. I mean, remember, and you and I ran through it. They didn't play a lot of great teams, but for a two month stretch there, remember they didn't lose a game. He started their only losses came when he went out. Yeah, starting with the Bengals game. Bengals, Jets, Vikings. Yeah, he comes back, wins games, then they start losing. But they they lost to the Forty ers They lost to the Packers. I mean, they, they were losing to quality teams, which they knew that they had at the back end yeah. of their schedule. The Bills, Chargers. All good teams. Though, I mean, God, that performance, that Charger game was, ugh. Th- that was the moment you knew that this was real, that they were actually in decline. It, it's going to be fascinating to see how it plays out. Um, the What we don't know is is how Buffalo plays into this. You know what Buffalo has to play for. Do they rest people? Because for the Patriots, it's winning in. If they beat the Buffalo Bills, then they're in. Now the, the catch twenty two is that they're in and they get to play Buffalo again the next week, which we did that last year. That was not a lot of fun. So fair. I'm solidly in the camp. You know, there's a lot of Patriot fans and, and people argue, and I don't know if Patriot fans are really even having this argument, but the we're being told that people are having the argument of. Do you really want the Patriots to to go to the playoffs? You know, do, do you really want them to make it? Of course you want them to make it. Like, if you're going to be in the position that they're in right now, where you're this close, you're not playing for a draft pick. You're not right. hoping that in, in early December, well, I'd rather have them lose five games so that way they get the seven pick instead of, you know, number 18 or whatever they're going to get. No, at this point, when you have the seven seed going into the final game, I want them to go to the playoffs. I want to be able to say, well, my team made the playoffs last year. We didn't really say it last year because we got blown blown the hell out in the first round, but they were there. How sweet would it have been if anyone else was competent in Tampa Bay's division and Tampa Bay and Tom Brady are the first team to miss the playoffs, not New England without Tom Brady? Yeah, it'd be an interesting one, though at the same time, 
at the same time, be careful what you wish for. I mean, the the Sam Darnold Carolina Panthers, I, I guess. Right. I'm just saying for like, but 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 do you the, want to watch an Andy Dalton wild card game again? No, I mean, I'm not saying your wild card game. I'm not saying for entertainment purposes. I would much rather watch Tom Brady than Andy <laughs> Dalton. I'm saying for I don't really care, but Patriot fans I know around me who right. Most of which I think are still love Tom Brady, but I feel like in the Brady versus Belichick, it'd be a little notch to say Tom Brady missed the playoffs before Bill Belichick and the Patriots. No, the Patriots didn't make it in 2020. I mean, that was the Cam Newton season, but oh, I forgot about the Cam Newton season. Though, but you're you're right to a point in, in this kind of you know bitter divorce that it's been. Yeah, it would be kind of the first sign of the Patriots kind of getting one up on them, going like, oh, well, you know, the Patriots made the playoffs this year and, and the Buccaneers didn't. It really would be kind of the first the first feather in the Patriots' cap since Brady left, which, by the way, I think I was, was it today? Yeah, I think it was today. It was either today or yesterday, the uh, three-year anniversary of Brady's last game as a Patriot. How crazy is that? It was three years ago already. COVID's a crazy crazy time <laughs> it is quite the accelerant i hear people bring that up all the time like oh whatever is two years ago we're all in lockdown I'm like what <laughs> wasn't that a few weeks ago yeah. yeah it was almost three years now crazy it all is. right pearl give us your winner all right the winner uh this week is me so violating a lot of rules here um I don't think we're allowed to say that we are a winner or a loser. Uh, Also, one of my my rules as a a fan, pundit, writer, is that nobody cares about your fantasy football team. Well, I'm violating my rule this week because for the first time in the 18 years that I've played fantasy football, my first year was 2004, uh, I won the league. This is like the Buffalo Bills on steroids. Uh, Not to toot my own horn, uh, I'll do that thusly uh, later in this podcast. But I have made the champion in 18 years. And I usually do like one team a year. I try not to spread myself too thin. I'm not one of the people that have 10 leagues. I have one. I think there's been a few years where I've done two. Uh, I've never won. I've probably been in the championship game like six or seven times. I've made it a lot. I've, I can think of like two times I've been in leagues where I didn't make the playoffs. I, I'm, I'm good at it. I'm not obsessed with it. But it is a monkey on my back that I've wanted to shake off that just to win a league one time. I'm in a dynasty league. You keep your entire roster. This is year two. Last year, made the championship, needed 15 points out of Nick Chubb on Monday Night Football. Didn't get it. Lost by seven. This year, I exercised the demons. Semifinals, I beat the guy who beat me last year. Took a heroic effort by Tyler Higby and 30 points on Christmas night. Thanks, Tyler. But the championship. Here's a scenario. I'm at Gillette Stadium this weekend, and we're tailgating, and my buddy who's going to the game with me is the friend I beat last week in the playoffs. The friend that's going to the game with my buddy who we're tailgating with is the guy I'm playing in the championship. So a lot of smack talk at the uh, at the tailgate. Long story short, I'm in good position. Going to Monday Night Football, I'm down by 4.47 points. And I have Stefan Diggs, and he has no players left. I have like a 95% win probability. Stefan Diggs gets 
I think two catches or three catches on that first drive that the Bills have and gets 4.6 points. So I have a .13 lead, and then the game ends. It's just wild. And, and I'm sure there's probably crazy stories. Uh, if you've got a crazy story about how your fantasy league ended or, or how, you know, I mean, it's the championship week. I'm sure there's a lot of people who had, you know, the Bengals and Bills and, you know, are, are do, probably doing things like, you know, rolling it over to another week in week 18 and, and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, a, a wild fantasy week that put it this way, me losing because a game is canceled in unprecedented fa- fashion would be the way I would lose. I mean, that, that would yeah. be, I, I have, I have some horrific losses under my belt, but getting a, a game canceled. Um, I didn't even think of that. Week 18. Yeah. Yeah. Think of that Monday night football. Week really 17, jinxing every- it. Watch something. <laughs> They're going to play <laughs> Sunday and then finish that game on Monday. Fantasy points still count. <laughs> There's already been the discussions in our league. Double header. Like the, uh, the, ser- the server that we use is like, made, they made like an overall declaration. I guess they allowed commissioners, though, if they want to transfer it and, you know, have that person's game in week 18 count. But I don't know. It gets kind of weird, but everyone in the league kind of uh, agreed that the fact that I had Stefan Diggs only needed five points to win and that I already had the lead. Essentially, the only way I could lose is if Diggs had a fumble or something uh, and took negative points. So really the only way that it would go backwards i mean i guess if you had negative runs you know it, it could be percentage points but um everyone kind of agreed like yeah if that game is played out then Diggs gets more points not less so we're we're calling it a day so first championship ever finally got that monkey off my back after 18 years and lots of near misses but uh, and only a tiny asterisk yeah. on it what's that and only a tiny asterisk on it yeah i know <laughs> Uh, yeah. No, I haven't. I haven't played fantasy football since probably around 2009. I would guess. Played in really? college. We yep. played all the time, and I won a couple of them. Had some success with basketball, and now all I I have one basketball fantasy league that I do every year with my friends and some my old coaches and stuff like that, and that's it. My last football one was I think 2009. And I just, my cousin invited me. It was with a bunch of his friends. And I just went, it was a live draft. And I just sent, went complete flex on him and showed up with mm-hmm. no materials, no nothing. Couldn't access my phone and just did it all from the top of my head. <laughs> Given I also, one, I was pretty, I was far more tuned in at that time. Sure. And two, I kind of had an idea. Some of his friends, stuff like that. I felt, I felt okay with the uh, the chances, and I absolutely rolled everybody every week till the championship. I won, and then the next day they like switched. Uh, Kurt Warner, like screen pass for a touchdown. I had Kurt Warner to it was a run. The pass was slightly behind the line of scrimmage or whatever or slightly behind him, and I lost in the championship. And it was the lowest point week I had had for the entire season. And, and that's why, and I, I've said this so many times, and that's kind of what I'm trying to illustrate here is, 
you know, how dumb fantasy football really is and, and fantasy sports in general, not necessarily just football. Football seems to have like the quirkiest things because it's like a one week, you know, one day and it's also like compressed. Um, I mean, I remember one in college and I don't remember the specifics, but yeah, same thing, a stat correction. And I remember you know, getting hosed in, I can't remember if it was a championship. I want to say it was the semifinals maybe. And yeah, having like a one point win evaporate into a two point loss or something because it's the same sort of stat correction thing. You're like, wait, well, wait a minute. Like, I'll never forget uh, Christmas was not ruined, but it certainly didn't help. Yeah, it was it was same as this year where like the whole slate was being played on Christmas Eve, and I had uh, Ladanian Tomlinson the year that he was like the greatest fantasy player. I think it was oh six or oh seven. Um, this is before everyone was doing PPR, so. You know, if you had a big week, you had like 80 points, like 90 was like an astronomical score. Tomlinson was putting up like 35 a game, like every week because he was getting catches. He was scoring like three touchdowns. He was rushing for like 180, catching for 120. And in the championship, uh, he kind of like pulled himself in the second half. and He put up six and I got beat by like five. It was just one of those years where like, are, are you kidding me? I mean there's been some bad ones so for it to finally work out um obviously weird circumstances with monday night football but and i thought of that like if Diggs doesn't get those three catches on that drive and the game gets called like that i i, I would have chalked it up and been like yeah i'm the buffalo bills of fantasy this, this this will just never happen maybe that's a sign that this is the year the buffalo bills win the super bowl i'm telling you if anything could be um if anything could be, the, the it would be hell freezing over and me winning a fantasy championship. Like the money is secondary. Like we have some money involved. Totally hadn't thought of it because I didn't think, think about it last year when I finished in second. I didn't get paid till like August. Because like, did you ever get your money last year? I was like, I get money for this. Like I just wanted to win it for you know the fact that I need to be able to say I've ever won a fantasy football league. Um, that yeah, I finally. I finally won our basketball league last year. It was the first time in whatever, 10 years I've been with those guys. At least that probably. And you don't get, we never get our money till the draft the next year. So I was getting ready and like, oh, sweet draft. I'm like, hey, I don't have to go get $20 in cash today. Exactly. Exactly. I don't have to put in my, I don't have to put it in the old pot. So that's, that's the beauty of it right there. I mean, you, you're just playing for the love of the game at that point, really, you know? Yeah, it's not for the money and the kitty. Nope. It's for the fact that I'm Googling uh, fantasy football championship rings. I looked at belts. I don't think I'm going to do a belt. A little, little flashy, but, you know, championship ring is, is probably going to happen. Hmm. Well, this time <laughs> next week, we won't be talking about fantasy football. We'll be I, I don't know. I can't guarantee. I still might be talking about it. We, we'll we, be we talking about like, playoff football. <laughs> so I can playoff football. Uh, we'll, we'll see if both of our teams are still alive and, uh, and what we're talking about. It's Well, my team will be still great... be alive next week. We know that. Yeah. Uh, I'm not talking about yours. I'm talking about mine. That's, that's, that's the one I care about. So we'll, we'll see. It's going to be, should be a great weekend. I'm looking forward to, to watching these games and seeing it all unfold. Uh, yeah, don't miss the next episode of this podcast because it's going to be wild. Wild. You've been listening to uh, the new sports order right here on 
Uncommon Media, and check out the other podcasts, Uncommon Deeds, New England Stock Car Racing, No Fouls, uh, Vermont Basketball, Talking to Coaches. Our guest this week had Christmas for an hour with the political leader of the IRA in the 90s in Ireland. You got to tune in. Such a good tease. That's a great tease right there. You don't get a tease like that anywhere else. And also had drinks with Don King. Who would have thought it? Uh, If you want to email, be a part of the fam, sponsor the show, uncommonmediavt at gmail.com. That just about wraps things up for us, and we will be back next week.